There was a terrible grace in the move of the waves, and they came in silence, save for the snarling of the crests. In the wan light, the faces of the men must have been gray. Their eyes must have glinted in strange ways as they gazed steadily astern. Viewed from a balcony, the whole thing would doubtless have been weirdly picturesque. But the men in the boat had no time to see it, and if they had had leisure... There were other things to occupy their minds. The sun swung steadily up the sky, and they knew it was broad day because the color of the sea changed from slate to emerald green streaked with amber lights, and the foam was like tumbling snow. The process of the breaking day was unknown to them. They were aware only of this effect upon the color of the waves that rolled toward them. In disjointed sentences, the cook and the correspondent argued as to the difference between a life-saving station and a house of refuge. The cook had said, There's a house of refuge just north of the Mosquito Inlet Light, and as soon as they see us, they'll come off in their boat and pick us up. As soon as who see us? said the correspondent. The crew? said the cook. Houses of refuge don't have crews, said the correspondent. As I understand them, they are only places where clothes and grub are stored for the benefit of shipwrecked people. They don't carry crews. Oh, yes, they do, said the cook. No, they don't, said the correspondent. Well, we're not there yet anyhow, said the oiler in the stern. Well, said the cook, perhaps it's not a house of refuge that I'm thinking of as being near Mosquito Inlet Light. Perhaps it's a life-saving station. We're not there yet, said the oiler in the stern. As the boat bounced from the top of each wave, the wind tore through the hair of the hatless men, and as the craft plopped her stern down again, the spray slashed past them. The crest of each of these waves was a hill, from the top of which the men surveyed for a moment a broad, tumultuous expanse, shining and wind-riven. It was probably splendid, it was probably glorious, this play of the free sea, wild with lights of emerald and white and amber. Bully good thing it's an onshore wind, said the cook. If not, where would we be? Wouldn't have a show. That's right, said the correspondent. The busy oiler nodded his assent. Then the captain in the bow chuckled in a way that expressed humor, contempt, tragedy, all in one. <laughs> Do you think we've got much of a show now, boys? said he. Whereupon the three were silent, save for a trifle of hemming and hawing. To express any particular optimism at this time they felt to be childish and stupid, but they all doubtless possessed this sense of the situation in their minds. A young man thinks doggedly at such times. On the other hand, the ethics of their condition was decidedly against any open suggestion of hopelessness, so they were silent. Oh, well, said the captain, soothing his children. We'll get ashore all right. But there was that in his tone which made them think. So the oiler quoth, Yes, if this wind holds. The cook was bailing. Yes, if we don't catch hell in the surf. Canton flannel gulls flew near and far. Sometimes they sat down on the sea, near patches of brown seaweed that rolled over the waves with a movement like carpets on a line in a gale. The birds sat comfortably in groups, 
and they were envied by some in the dinghy, for the wrath of the sea was no more to them than it was to a covey of prairie chickens a thousand miles inland. Often they came very close and stared at the men with black, bead-like eyes. At these times they were uncanny and sinister in their unblinking scrutiny, and the men hooted angrily at them, telling them to be gone. One came, and evidently decided to alight on the top of the captain's head. The bird flew parallel to the boat and did not circle, but made short, sidelong jumps in the air, in chicken fashion. His black eyes were wistfully fixed upon the captain's head. "'Ugly brute!' said the oiler to the bird. "'You look as if you were made with a jackknife!' The cook and the correspondent swore darkly at the creature. The captain naturally wished to knock it away with the end of the heavy painter, but he did not dare do it, because anything resembling an emphatic gesture would have capsized this freighted boat. And so